let's say it all together. Our mission statement is transforming the world with the good news of Jesus. Some of you are still waking up. Let's do it again. Transforming the world with the good news of Jesus. Isn't that good? Wow, we want to see transformation every part, not just people, in society, in government, in business, the righteousness, because righteousness exalts a nation. Amen? It's wonderful to see you online too, and uh, God bless you. It's um, two weeks' time. We're back in here. 10.15 in two weeks' time, also at night service. So that's going to be amazing. So uh, I don't know which camera to look at. Is that one or that one? It all changes all the time, that one. Oh, that one. Okay, thank you. That's so good. And uh, wow. Also, one more thing about uh, finance. Thank you so much for giving. What we do in this church, we give our tithe to the Lord because it belongs to the Lord. You don't even give it. You return it. It's not for you to give. It's His already. And the thing is, though, and then above that, we give to missions here. So we give missions, uh, and that's how we can support Voice of the Martyrs and other, other missions in Indonesia, in Thailand. And so we would love to all of us to be involved in mission giving. You may, above your normal giving, you may give $50, $100, $5. I don't care. But something towards our mission giving, and that's going to be amazing. Also to let you know that the end of the year, of the financial year, is very soon, the 31st of March. Particular business people uh, can do some deductions, end of the year giving, so make sure that you kind of stop your massive profits, you know, so you don't have to pay so much tax, and maybe give a nice donation to the church and for you, for your books, and also all of us, if you feel like you want to give something. We've been a, bit, a little bit low. To be honest with you, remember we came to you in January about finance, and we're a little bit low because of COVID. Not everybody's in the room. There's not as much excitement, and uh, blah, blah, blah. And some people lost their jobs. And it's not been as easy, right? And so the money's gone down a little bit. Anyway, January became uh, actually an, um, a maximum, a, what do you call it? A um, best year, best month ever. Uh, because the giving, amazing people, you guys gave some some of you big money uh, to be able to do well and in, uh, and, and in, uh, February was the same thing as so a little bit down but again we got some really big giving and we were fine again but this month still I think when we get into the year when we get all back together again I think things will go up again but at the moment we're still a little bit down and so if you feel like you want to give something particularly at the end of the year you know that you give it now you can give it get it back 30% back 33% actually, very generous of the government, uh, back in April when you do your tax returns. So I just want to do a little promotion for our giving. If you're not giving at all, start giving. God loves a generous giver. Amen? Only five people say that. We need to do some teaching in this area. It's all good. Events, guys, you saw the events coming up. Come on, it's going to be so amazing. By the way, Good Friday service, which we've never done before, it's going to be on 10 o'clock in the morning, not 7 p.m., 10 a.m., 10 a.m. It's going to be a Good Friday, beautiful service, and then Easter service is going to be normal. Uh, 10 a.m. of course on Sunday morning. I'd like to start with something funny. An old nun who was living in a convent next to a construction site noticed the coarse language of the workers and decided to spend some time with them to correct their ways. She decided she would take her lunch and sit with them. So she put her sandwich in a brown bag and walked over to the spot where the men were eating. Sporting a big smile, she walked up to the group and asked, Any of you men know Jesus Christ? They shook their heads and looked at each other, very confused. Then one of the workers looked up into the steelworks and yelled out, Hey, anybody up there know Jesus Christ? One of the steelworkers yelled back down, Why? The worker yelled back, because mom's here and he's got her his lunch. Medium. We'll do another one. I heard about this el I heard about this elderly lady 
who was close to death. She had never been married. She called her pastor over to talk about her funeral. She told him that she only wanted female pallbearers. The pastor looked at her a bit strange and asked, why? She said, the men wouldn't take me out when I was alive and they sure are not going to take me out when I'm dead. So good. It's actually hard to find really good jokes every week again. You know, it's like you try this, you know, to find the old one. Anyway, so good to see you all here and online. We are in the middle of our vision series, which is going to finish next week with Catherine preaching. So it's going to be amazing next week. And this week we're going to kind of talking about purpose. But um, a few weeks ago, we released this new mission statement, which is transforming the world with the goodness of Jesus. And there's three words we talked about, right? What are the three words? Come on, you should know by now. Presence, passion, purpose that's right the presence of God number one God is number one in everything we do he is the source of everything we are we love him he empowers us the middle one is passion which is really about identity it's a passion for our own identity our own development our own growth that whole thing discipleship and then of course purpose is our mission in the world up in and out and last week I spoke about a vision and that God has for you and for me, a personal vision. Each one of you, each one of us online, everybody has been called by God and has a purpose and has God as a vision and a dream for your life. He is working in you to will and to act according to His purpose that He has purposed for you. Philippians 2.13, it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose in you. Come on. So God takes us on a process. It's a growth track. And last week I talked about an invitation to be part of this process, to embrace the process as sons and daughters. He actually loves it when we say yes to Jesus and say, yes, Lord, work in me. I want to change from glory to glory. I want to be a better man. I want to be a better woman. I want to be the best version of myself. So work in me. I allow you to work in me. And God, in the scriptures last week we saw, you have to listen to it last week, how God takes pleasure in that. When we say, yes, Lord, I want to grow. In the same way as parents take pleasure when their kids say, I want to grow. And when you see them grow, it's the most beautiful and the best thing in the world. Amen? So today, I want to talk about the third key value, and that is purpose. And it's not the purpose for personal growth, like I just talked about. This is really the purpose for the church. This is now the purpose for the church. This is about God's mission in the world. And this is about our mission in the world. This is about transforming the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. And there's three scriptures that I gave four weeks ago that are core to this whole area. One is the reason why Jesus came, is to seek and to save lost people. Luke 19, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Everybody say, come on. For the Son of Man came let's do it again for the son of man jesus came to seek and save the lost and then the purpose for which he came is to destroy the works of the devil that's right i said to um i said before i said this 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 hit those things on the drums this morning when you, when you play just really hit them hard just this thing is the devil just beat him up and then you can really start playing man. <laughs> anyway, let's go there 
purpose of Jesus is to, to beat up the enemy, right? And so for us as a church, same thing. We beat up the enemy. We beat up the fingerprints of the enemy. We beat up sickness. We beat up discouragements. We beat up lack in people's lives. We come with healing and restoration and all these beautiful things that the church is called to. Amen? So beautiful. And then the third one is, of course, the Great Commission, which, of course, is our main purpose. Matthew 28, then Jesus came to them, all authority in heaven and on earth be given to you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, throughout the Bible, we read, we see that God empowers people with his presence for a purpose. To fulfill a dream. Or the dreams that God has for them. For example, Joshua. I love Joshua. Actually, Joshua means Jesus, of course. It's a, it's a type of Jesus in the Bible. And so Joshua was one of the two people, of course, who went in the promised land. I don't know if you know the story. Moses says, you know, the ten people go into the promised land. Check it out. Come back with a report. See if we can do this because God wants us to go in. So they come back. Joshua and Caleb says, we can do this. The other eight say no. See what the eights were saying, they were actually not saying no, what they were saying, the reality is there, they say, hey, we are small like grasshoppers and they are really big. We can't do this. Joshua and Caleb were of a different spirit, it says. They said, yes, we are small, they are big, but God is bigger. And that's why we can go in. Anyway, they don't go in because the eights say no, and so for wandering through the desert for 40 years until they all die, including Moses. And only Joshua and Caleb, in the end, God honors them, will go into this promised land, right? And here is what it says in Joshua as he gets given um, this task now to go into the promised land. Look at this, Joshua 1. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I will never leave you nor forsake you. Therefore be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Isn't that powerful? One of the most beautiful scriptures in the Bible. Now let's move, let's instead of Moses, let's put in there the word Jesus in this passage, okay? And that becomes a new covenant reality which is already for us. Let's say this together aloud. Come on, here we go. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, my life. As I was with Jesus, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, what a powerful declaration over our lives. In the same way that God was with Jesus, He will be with us. The promises that God gave to Jesus, He's given to us. We see in, in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, The promises my Father has given to me, now I give to you. And He gives it to His disciples, to His sons and daughters. The same inheritance that Jesus has, has been given to us. The whole realm of sonship has been given to the body of Christ. The whole realm of sonship. Now, sonship is a generic term. I keep on saying it because some of you are still saying, hey, it's very sexist, you know. It's not at all. In the same way as bride, as a boy and a girl, we're still the bride of Christ. It's awkward for boys. 
In some ways, sonship would be awkward for girls in the sense of you're not named, but sonship is generic for sons and daughters together. There's always sonship. It's in the Bible. It's just the way it is. That's why a sonship conference, don't write letters to me, get in this and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Sonship is generic. It's for both sons and daughters. The whole thing of sonship, the whole thing of inheritance has been given to us. Now, we have not earned this. It's all by His grace. It's a gift of grace to the finished work of Christ. But it is given to you and to me. Amen? Make sure you sign up for the Sonship Conference and you'll hear a lot more about this. So powerful. And then he says, Therefore, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I want to say something really important. Our obedience to God positions us to redistribute the inheritance God has to many people. I'll say, sorry, I'll say it a different way. The people under my influence can come into promotion, into blessing, into their destiny because of my yes. I know the people in this church, and some of you sitting right here, because of my role right now and my preaching, my influence over this church, if you like, is you have come into, you've taken something of the Word of God or whatever, and it's taken you into another level. I know a whole bunch of people who've told me. Now it gave me. So the thing is, there's an influence that I have, but you have the same influence. We all have an influence wherever we are. And that's why God is a generational God. The influence in your children is the most important one. I love that my children, all of them are walking with Christ, and most of them are involved in this church, as David is in Queenstown, living the high life. Or the low life, because he's always taking samples from rivers and things and you know, he works for waterworks water care in new zealand and makes sure that he keeps all the water going and clean for the southland but the thing is though generational god god wants us to influence our generation he wants our lives not to live for ourselves we don't live for ourselves we live for generations we live for other people we live to influence other people in jesus name and so the choices that you make i make today will influence your family you today, but me, somebody else because of you at work, whatever you are. Our choices will have eternal consequences. So we would better make sure that we do the right thing. I see so many people, even around the world, even recently, even leaders in churches make dumb mistakes. And their choices have big ramifications. We've got to be careful, guys. Because our choices that we make and the declaration, that's why I take communion every day. Every morning I take communion without fail for the last five years now. And the reason why is not just because Jesus deserves my first. He deserves my first meal. Everything is first. But also at the same time when I have communion every morning, and one of you or two of you hopefully are doing it right now, I think, Who, who's actually doing it every day? I'd like to know. Look, I've been talking about it forever. Jason, no wonder you're so blessed. Terry. It's actually very disappointing to, to see that not, not more people do that. Did you know... It's not in my notes now. It's all free now. Do you know that most of the people who made an impact in the world, I'm talking about Finney, Wigglesworth, Paul Johnson, Derek Prince, Joseph Prince, all those people every day. Jesus do as often as you do this. Often is often. And the thing is though, I, I love this whole thing of first fruits. I love the whole thing of giving my day to the Lord because what happens is first fruit is so holy also with your finance, with your time, with your attention, with your heart. It's so holy because if the first fruit is His, then everything becomes holy in your life and the enemy can't touch you. 
I believe my kids, although we've had some attacks in our family, I know that walking with God of my choice that I choose every morning to cover them in the blood of Jesus and to speak the word of God, I take the bread of life over them every morning and say, Dick, enemy, these are God's children. Hands off, you've got no authority over my children. I take communion because communion is powerful. So make sure you do this, guys. Take communion over your business, struggling with your business, where you work or whatever situation in your family. Take communion. Say, I'm not going to take this. If it's a big deal, if you're sick, take it three, four, five times a day. Keep on saying, thank you, Jesus, because by faith, through this communion, things change. It is the substance of heaven that manifests into your life. But I will teach on it very soon again, because obviously not everybody is doing it yet, and I want everybody to do it. It's not legalistic. It's just it will help you. It will help you. I think Jesus did it. No, he didn't do it. He's not dead yet. But he came to God every day. Remember, he went to a sick, sick to a place every day. Every day, take time with God. Every day, take time with Him. Thanks for playing. It's lovely. Very beautiful. I want to get back to the sermon. One second. Where was I? We're not living for ourselves. And the key to influence, the key is His presence. So God says to Joshua, I am with you. So now be strong and courageous. See, it is the presence of God that gives us the strength, that gives us the power to be able to fulfill our mission, to be able to fulfill our purpose. It is always presence, passion, purpose. Joshua was called by God to lead Israel into the promised land, into the inheritance and all this kind of stuff. But he could not do this without the power of God. Amen? There's no way he could do this without the power of God. And today God is saying to you and to me, the assignment that you have in your life, that I have in my life, that we have as a church, we cannot do without the presence of God. And sometimes we live as if there's no presence of God. We live such normal life. And sometimes even Christians think, man, where's God in your life? I don't even hear it come out of your mouth. I don't see it on your Facebook. I see a lot, a lot of rubbish on your Facebook. By the way, I hope some of those people that have been writing a lot of this stuff about Facebook the last couple of years will also say sorry on Facebook. Say a lot of stuff, you've got to be honest to say sorry if things do not happen and they're not what you thought it was. Check out Gideon. I love Gideon in the Bible. Don't you love Gideon in the Bible? I love Gideon in the Bible. And so God calls Gideon to be a deliverer and then he talks to him and Gideon says this in verse 15, pardon me, Lord. Gideon replied, how can I save Israel? God calls it to be the deliverer of Israel. How can I, how can I do this? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I'm the least in my family. Look what the Lord says. He says, I will be with you. Come on, say it together. I will be with you. And then what? And you, not me, God says, and you. It says that you, in my Bible, you will strike down all the Midianites. And he had 40,000 people and men, and then suddenly he had to delete a whole bunch of them, and he ends up with 300 men. God did it, obviously. But he did it through him and with him. God was the X factor. Gideon was hiding. He was depressed. He was disappointed. And some of you are depressed and disappointed over the last two years. I have depressed and disappointed over the last, and I was as positive as they come. My number one spiritual thing is positivity. To get me down is really hard. You and me, right? Yeah. Positivity. You are positivity? Yeah, good. Well, it's good to live with positive. You know, it's really good to have positive number one. It's really hard to get down. 
Anyway, so, so that's all good. So anyway, Paul says, he was disappointed because God hasn't gone through for his country. You go, where are you? And all this kind of stuff's happening. And then God speaks purpose over his life. He says, you are actually going to do something about it. God speaks destiny over his life. Look what he says. The angel said, the angel says, hey, the Lord will appear to angel. He says, the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. So look what he says. He says the two things we talked about already. The Lord is with you, presence, you mighty warrior, passion, which is identity, for the purpose that he's called to do. It's all throughout the Bible. It's absolutely powerful. So both presence and purpose were spoken over his life. I tell you something. In his presence, you find your identity in order to fulfill your destiny. I'll say it again. In his presence, you find your identity, passion, for your destiny, purpose. So coming together. I want to bring it together, these, these, these main four words, three words, and of course the main thing, passion, sorry, per presence, passion, and purpose. And then of course the Great Commission, Jesus make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, Matthew, and in the Father and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded, and surely I'll be with you always until the very end of the age. The last line, the last line of the Gospel of Matthew is, in my view, the most important line. He's just given us the purpose and the mission, but then he's given us what, how we can do this thing. Because you cannot do it without God and surely I'm with you always even to the very end of the age our purpose is always connected to presence and the other way around presence is always connected to purpose every time in scripture when God reveals that he was with somebody or with a group he always connects his purpose and his presence or his presence and his relationship with them to their impossible assignment. I'll say something else. God revealed his presence because he called them to do something that they cannot do. We cannot do what God has called us to do. Not possible. And Jesus said in John 15, he says, I'm divine, you are the branches, right? What does he say? If you remain in me, presence, and I in you, presence, you can bear fruit, purpose. Apart from me, you can't do anything. You know, we are on a mission, impossible. Not possible. Do you like that movie, Mission Impossible? It's one of my favorite movies. Anybody likes Mission Impossible? Come on, you like him? Tom Cruise, he's my man. Some people don't like him, you know. I really like this guy. He's the same age as me, but he looks so much younger. I don't know why. I guess he's got millions of dollars, he's going to color his hair. I saw it the other day in his movie, he had a gray beard, so I know, yeah, you are gray, but then you are brown here. I thought about getting brown again. I guess you had a haircut uh, yesterday for the first time in three months. Uh, I got rid of my... Much, much better. Probably much better. Mission Impossible. I love this Mission Impossible because it's called Mission Impossible, but it's always possible, right? Tom Cruise always comes through, right? In the end, come on. Always, last minute. Like, uh, last second, you know? And we're like, ah! But it's like, it's, like the, it's like the church, though. It's like the church. We're in this battle. We sometimes don't know we're going to win, but we are going to win. 
Because Jesus always has the last say. He is with us, right? It's mission impossible, but it becomes possible because of Jesus. Because every impossibility has to bow to the name of Jesus, right? Amen. We cannot heal anybody, but Jesus can. We can't save anybody, but Jesus can. We can't deliver. I've seen deliverance. People count demons coming out of people, floating around, dragging and like snakes around things. I've seen everything. I can't do that. It's the Holy Spirit who does it. It's Jesus in us. It's Jesus through us. Come on. That's why we need the power of God. We need to be empowered for our purpose. Amen. And that's why Jesus said before he left his ascension, after he died on the cross and was risen again, he says 40 days later, so he'd been running around the countryside for 40 days with a glorified body already. He could already walk through walls, which is great. We're all going to have a glorified body. Can you, can you wait? Can you, can you? I can't wait to see my glorified body. Just kind of walk through. I want a glorified body. Can you still sit down? Will you sit down? You go through your chair. Can you decide when it's like solid or when it's not solid? How, how does that work? Anyway, interesting. Will I go through this? Whoa. My notes. It won't be notes anymore. You know, it's all over, you know. <laughs> At that stage, we're in heaven. Anyway, but Jesus was actually on earth doing this stuff running around and then before his ascension just now at the end as in, in Acts, Acts he then talks to his disciples he says you've got to wait now for the empowerment I'm going to go away Father is already away and there's nobody here but the Holy Spirit will come in 10 days time Pentecost 50 days later and so for 10 days the disciples are by themselves I think they're praying and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come and then 10 days later Pentecost <laughs> I just want to test if you still react Boom! The Holy Spirit gets on fire. And John the Baptist already said, hey, this is the Son of God right here. He says, I baptize with water, but he will baptize with Holy Spirit and fire. Fire. And then he says in Acts, he says, I will baptize you. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and you'll be my witnesses. This is what it says there. He says, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. You say witnesses. So here we are, power, presence, witnesses, purpose. All year and to the ends of the earth. And then the Spirit falls, Pentecost. Then empowers the church. 3,000 get saved that one day. Peter starts preaching and the whole church has come alive. The spirit ignited the flame. Whoa! The flame of the Holy Spirit in the church. We cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. We can't do anything without the fire of God. We can't do anything with His workings in and through our lives. Amen? We need His presence. And the manifest presence of God is a guarantee that we have been assigned to an impossible task to do. But His power is revealed in our lives and through our lives. And we will see this purpose being fulfilled. Amen. And God equips us and He strengthens us and enables us for the mission. Luke 4 and Isaiah 61, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Jesus says, I am anointed by God. I'll just say it again. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has presence to what purpose proclaim goodness to good to the poor new to the poor proclaim freedom prisoners sight of blind all this kind of stuff 
It is the anointing of God that not only breaks the yoke, breaks the things that people are stuck in, but the anointing of God brings freedom. I said last year I had the real revelation of the anointing of God. And I really felt to say, God says to me, just will you just honor the anointing, Gideon? Will you anoint, will you honor me? Because you're nothing without me. I mean, you're a nice boy. A nice guy. Well, most people think so. <laughs> I've got some enemies. I don't know why. Who <laughs> would be an enemy with me? Why? This is silly. Pussycat, man. And a lion. See, I've been anointed for a task. You know, I feel this anointing all the time. But the thing is, though, although we as Christians carry the anointing, we don't always acknowledge the anointing. And so when we start acknowledging the anointing, things start happening. Because he's here. But it doesn't mean you are connected with him in the sense of by faith and by expectation. He can be here, but you can have your own life without him. I am anointed by Jesus. Come on, say it to yourself. I am anointed by Jesus. Say it again. I am anointed by Jesus. Acts 10, 38, I'll finish with that. God anointed Jesus. Look at this. This is a presence, uh, sorry, a um, purpose and presence sandwich. You want to eat something? Here we go. God anointed, presence, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil purpose because God was with him presence Lord we want to live every day of our lives in this sandwich that we know that our purpose in life both for ourselves but also for our church and the mission of the church in the world to see your kingdom come and you will be done. Lord, thank you that it's sandwiched between the anointing that you've given us and the power that's been released into our lives and also the declaration, I will always be with you. I will always be with you. May his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the glory of the kids of God. This is the glory of of the sons and daughters of God. This is the task that we have. This is the honor that we have to see his kingdom come and his will be done. Come on, let's say it. We are on a mission from God. Okay, do it again. We are on a mission from God. Guys, you are really weak at the moment. Can you please build a bit of faith? We are on a mission from God. You follow me when I say We are on a mission from God. You say it. We're on a mission from God. We have a purpose. We have, a purpose. We have been anointed. We have been, anointed. We have been appointed. We have been appointed. And God is, God is with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. I believe it. Amen. You know, our purpose is always secured by His presence. We cannot do anything like that without His presence. Isn't that good? We are empowered by a power of another world to be able to transform this one. 
I'll say it again. We are empowered by the power from another world to transform this one. And God wants us to transform this world with his love and his goodness, his anointing, his power. We talked a lot about authority last year. Come on, church. We need to stand up. I really felt when I was uh, thinking this thing and, and um, preparing this message, although most of I wrote yesterday. Took the whole day yesterday in the office here. I was a bit late this, this, this week. Sometimes it flows earlier, sometimes it flows later. And I, um, I really felt there's a reset, but the reset is, is a word that's already been spoken quite a lot by many prophets around the world. There's going to be a reset, obvious, that we're coming out of COVID. I mean, we're still a little bit down climbing. I don't know where we are on this stupid peak thing, but COVID is going. I've always declared COVID is not coming, it's going. It's going. And I cannot remind the church that we have authority over COVID, like any other disease, authority over us. So just say no in Jesus' name. Now, the thing is, though, what's happening, though, is that I also felt another word. I felt that we were being reassigned reassigned let's stand together I really feel that God wants to reassign us now I believe in the filling of the Holy Spirit it's very important if you not have filled with the Holy Spirit if you don't speak in tongues then I would love to pray with you in a minute in front of here because that's Pentecost but that's the that's the basic Christianity and that's fine because you need to because you need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit otherwise you can't even live this Christian life but the thing is though I really feel that we when we acknowledge what we already have as fully-fledged sons and daughters of God, we acknowledge what we already have, then miracles start happening through our lives. I'm so aware that God wants to pull us and invite us into His presence. The presence is already in your life, but there's an awareness of His presence. We're sometimes not aware of His presence. And Lord Holy Spirit, we want to be aware of Your presence. We want to acknowledge Your anointing. We want to acknowledge the solving. Beautiful Dutch word dissolving anointing of the Holy Spirit in and on our lives. Thank you, Lord Holy Spirit, that you are in us for us, but you're on us for other people. You're on us for other people. And Father, thank you, Lord, that this church is going to rise up in power and glory. And thank you, Lord, that we're going to see thousands and thousands of people coming to the kingdom of God in the next couple of years to come. Thank you, Lord, that you are on a mission from God. That's funny. You are on a mission from God, from yourself, Lord, and we want to drag ourselves with you, Lord. We want to be with you, Lord. We want to say yes to the, to, the, to the words of go and make disciples of all nations. Lord, we recommit ourselves today again. We reaffirm. We reassign ourselves. We do a reset in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we say that we are not distracted by some theories that there's nonsense or things that are around us that has been put fear into the body of Christ. But Lord, we will be single-minded like Paul says in the Bible. Single-minded going to, uh, the only thing I will do is to preach about the cross of Christ. Because through the cross of Christ, everything has been given to me. The whole inheritance, the whole kingdom of God comes to the finished work of Jesus Christ. And Father, we want to thank you that we are in this. We are in a kingdom Lord that is unshakable, unbreakable, immovable. And Father, thank you that you have great purposes for our lives and great purposes for our church in this nation. Thank you, Lord, that Christians will be a Christian city in the name of Jesus. We declare it even right now. We declare that New Zealand will be a Christian nation in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray for righteousness to come into our government, righteousness to come into our educational system, righteousness to come into our business community, righteousness in every area of our lives. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit to rise. The water level of the Holy Spirit will be rising in this nation through the prayers of your people in the name of Jesus. And that we will not stand for nonsense, but we will stand for godliness and we will stand for righteousness in this nation. We will stand for Jesus Christ and make him famous and make his name known in the name of Jesus. Father, we worship you and we give you praise for who you are. You are so wonderful, so glorious. 
so powerful in Jesus' name.